0: Small Steps, a Mediapod Smash production, read by the author. Part 1, Introduction Long ago, some really smart and inspirational dude already summed things up pretty well. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So, I guess that about does it for this essay, MediaPod Smash Off. What's that? I already made a similar stupid joke like that in a previous entry, and you aren't falling for it? Okay, you got me. That quote is really good, but it certainly lacks some substance. And, of course, by substance, I mean convoluted examples and stories relating to the main topic. With that said, I'd like to tell you a fable. I'm certainly no Aesop, and there aren't any talking animals or any other fantastical creatures in my story, but I do think there's some rock-solid lessons. Please enjoy this little tale that I'd like to call The Pit, The Wizard, and The Dreamer. Once upon a time, there lived a young hero named James. He was extremely handsome. Alright, he was actually a little rough around the edges if I'm going to be perfectly honest. He often skipped past basic grooming and upkeep. To him, though, it didn't matter. What difference would it make to someone who lived in a literal pit? James spent his life living in the depths of this pit. He had no memories of prior. He only knew the pit. The pit was massively deep. It had a long, winding staircase along the walls, starting from the bottom and leading all the way up to the surface. The top surface of the pit was a mysterious area that always called to James. It fascinated him. Day and night, it invaded his thoughts like a virus invades a PC after going down a stupid, sexy, and depraved internet rabbit hole. The staircase in the pit was the only way in or out, and it constantly reminded James that there was much more to life than what he was currently experiencing. Over the years, he tried many times to leave the pit, Some days, the first few sets of stairs were cake, and it seemed like the top wasn't all that unrealistic. Other days, though, it was a miracle if he could just will himself up a set or two. It was very disappointing, but James was never too broken up about it. The pit was not as bad as you would think. This was not some musty, dark rat-infested hole in the ground. It was a comfortably furnished pit with a beautiful rug that really tied everything together. If he never reached the top to find out what else was out there, he felt that he could still die somewhat satisfied. Still, though, the glory that was the surface of the pit was incredibly hard for James to ignore. On certain mornings, the sun would shine through and hit at just the right angle, making the pit look warm and inviting, like something that would be featured in better homes and gardens, or in this case, better pits and gardens. At night, the stars and moon would shine through and illuminate the pit in a very beautiful fashion. What a sight! One day, if I ever make it out, maybe I could even go visit that crazy-looking moon up there, James would often think to himself while laying back and taking it all in. Unfortunately, what James didn't know was that few had ever achieved such a feat. He'd either need to go through years of intense training or become a rich douchebag. Neither of these was waiting for James at the end of his path, and there would be no space travel. However, that didn't mean that there weren't still some other great things awaiting him. One evening, James had a particularly tough time trying to sleep. He tossed, turned, attempted self-hypnosis, but nothing worked. After what seemed like hours, he shot up and said, F it. If sleep was not going to be an option, he tried to make his way out of the pit once more. He thought, if nothing else, the activity would help wind him down at least. James readied himself some supplies and dropped them into a backpack. Then, he suited up, strapped on his bag, and made his way over to the first step. With a deep breath, he planted one foot up onto the step, and then followed quickly by the next. This part is always so simple. Why can't the whole damn thing be like this? Most of James's failed climbing attempts would end with a nap, then a long trek back down to the pit. Sometimes the stairs would inexplicably retract, creating a slide that transported him quickly back down to the bottom. This was certainly a puzzle. Even on some of the tries in which he wasn't nearly exhausted to the point of wanting to quit, it didn't matter. Poof. No stairs. This mystery really annoyed James because there was no accounting for this, though it was very rare. A couple hours passed, and many of the stairs were conquered. James was making great pace, but his eyes were starting to get heavy and remind him that he had not slept yet. Turned out that some activity really did the trick in helping wind him down, and now the idea of getting to the top would continue to remain just a dream. James grabbed a water out of his backpack and slowly lowered himself onto one of the steps to sit and rest. He then bunched up his bag and put it behind his head as a makeshift pillow. Just a few minutes, James said to nobody in particular, as nobody else was in the pit with him. At least, that's what he thought to be true. The instant that James closed his eyes, he was out. Apparently, climbing stairs continuously was a great cure for insomnia. When he finally awoke, the bright morning sun was shining on his face, and he was back in his own bed, in the pit. It was strange, but not as strange as the figure that loomed over him, The figure was a tall, scraggly man with a long white beard and pointy hat. He looked like a wizard that was currently unemployed and liked to hit the bottle hard. "'What the hell? What's going on? Are you some kind of -of out-of-work wizard?' questioned James as he tried to get his bearings. "'Out of work? What the hell is that supposed to mean?' the figure snapped back. "'Well,' James said. "'Well,' James said." It's just that you look a little rough. The figure stiffened up and dramatically stared at James. I'm not an out-of-work wizard, okay? My name is Fred, and I've got news for you, buddy boy. You're not looking so great yourself. Now listen up. I know what you're trying to do, and I know how to help you. Oh yeah? How? James questioned. At this point, James was more awake and sitting up in the bed while continuing his conversation with the odd, possibly magic wizard fella. Fred cleared his throat and continued. The how is actually pretty simple. It may even sound like I'm just giving you some surface-level nonsense, but you gotta trust me. I've made it out of the pit. I know exactly what it's going to take for you to follow in my footsteps. James narrowed his eyes with suspicion. If you've made it out already, why come back? Simple. I really like to help people. You know, yours isn't the only pit, right? There's tons of pits, and nearly all of them contain people just like you. In fact, I had a pit right next to yours. We were pitmates, buddy. By the way, do I even want to ask about those odd noises I heard throughout the various nights? Anyways, as I was saying, your key to climbing out of the pit is simple. You need to focus more on the process and stop looking at the top. Really? That's it? James rolled his eyes and let out a small sigh. What about when they suddenly retract and the whole thing becomes one giant slide back to the bottom? Fred paused for a moment and slowly scratched his beard in thought. Well, that certainly is an odd one. Maybe there's some sort of lesson in that. Getting to the top isn't supposed to be easy, you know. Though, I've got to hand it to you. I've never heard that one before. What were you feeling at the time? Some nerves and doubt, perhaps? Uh, yeah... Perhaps, replied James. Fred nodded his head, and then began slowly making his way out of James's room. Before exiting completely, he turned back with one last request. Try the climb again. This time, focus on what is in front of you, not the top. While you make the trek, feel what you need to feel, but do your best not to dwell on these feelings for long. If you can manage that, you'll be out of here in no time. With that, Fred finally disappeared into the other room. James continued to sit up in his bed and stare. He felt a mix of emotions. He was excited to try once again with the new insight, but definitely apprehensive. He had no reason to trust this guy, but nobody else had ever come around to offer any sort of advice or help before, so he figured it was worth a shot. If he was going to do this, though, he had some more things that he really wanted to know first. Without hesitation, James shot out of bed and tried to see if he could catch his new pseudo-wizard friend. Hey, bellowed James, as he made his way into the living room. Fred had not gone far. He was sitting next to the fireplace, thumbing through an old, dirty magazine. You know, you really shouldn't just leave these lying around in the open like this. Fred, I've got so many more questions. Fred leaned back and closed his magazine. You ask too many questions and spend way too much time with prep, boy. The key to succeed is to just do it. However, if you do want a little bit more guidance, I do have an ebook for sale uh, with a few tips and tricks in it. Nah, I'm good. I'm just gonna go for it, Fred. I'm getting the hell out of here. James raised his fist with enthusiasm. That's the spirit, Fred shouted. Like before, James rated himself. He filled his backpack with supplies, got mentally psyched up, and made his way towards the large winding stairs. While all of this took place, Fred continued to watch from the comfort of his chair, occasionally flipping through pages of the magazine. At first glance, James's new journey seemed like any other, but with his new insight and motivation, he felt much different this time. Getting to the top seemed much less like a pipe dream, and instead was something much more reasonable. After a few hours, James was on pace to beat his old time and make it further than ever before. He was getting so close to the surface that he felt he could almost reach out and touch it. James looked down and shouted to Fred for some reassurance. You seeing this shit, man? Fred said nothing. He was lost in his magazine and just semi-listening to the surroundings. He caught enough of James's words to give a half-hearted thumbs up. With all the excitement and momentum, James was sure this was going to be it. After all the letdowns and lonely nights inside the pit, he was finally going to make it out. What would be the first thing he'd do? There were so many possibilities running through his head. Maybe he'd make friends with other surface dwellers or learn more about that crazy and fascinating moon up there. Thoughts continued to race as he continued his ascension. Higher and higher he proceeded until suddenly, poof, the steps disappeared out from under him and that familiar mechanical retracting sound of defeat was heard. James was absolutely stunned as he slid his way back down to the bottom of the stairs and back into the pit. A sudden rage brewed inside as he snapped at his new friend. What gives? You said I'd succeeded with your tips, but here I am again, right back in this mother-effin' pit. Fred calmly closed the magazine and looked up at James. He was already locked and loaded with exactly the right words for the moment. After all, he'd made the journey himself and seen many others attempt it, too. Just because you have insight and motivation doesn't mean you'll get it right away. You can and probably will still fail a bunch of times, but if you persist and keep at it, you'll have it in no time. Fred looked up and thought before continuing. That, and you can always buy my ebook. Lots of valuable tips in there for you and access to our growing online community. James shook his head. I'm good. I'll just keep trying, then." And try James did. Attempt after attempt, he held his goal close to his heart and focused on the process of getting out. On the sessions in which the stairs didn't retract, he'd always beat his old record. With his continued determination, it wasn't long before James's dreams became a reality. With one last heroic grasp and a quick pull, he reached the sweet, sweet surface. It was bright. Glorious, and something that was far better than anything James could have imagined. There was just one little thing he happened to notice. One small hang-up that made him question his newfound success. That one thing was actually a series of things placed all around the surface. Large, multi-layered platforms, each with their own unique sets of stairs leading to the tops. How could this be? James sat in place, exhausted and confused. More surfaces to reach? Suddenly, with a thick cloud of smoke, Fred appeared in front of James. Of course! You didn't think this was it, did ya? The top is never really the top. There's always going to be more surfaces to try and reach. Get it? That doesn't mean you shouldn't bask and celebrate this achievement, though. I think you accomplished something truly incredible. Just don't go getting fat and complacent on me. After a small, awkward pause, James replied. First of all... I knew you were a fucking wizard. Second of all, okay, I think I actually get it. I'll enjoy my time up here for a while, and then set some new future goals. Thanks, wizard. Shut up, Fred yelled. I don't need all these surface dwellers knowing that I'm an actual wizard. But you're wearing a long coat, pointy hat, and have a flowing white beard. You know that everyone walking around already probably assumes you're a wizard, right? Anyways, I noticed you've still got a pretty tight grasp on that magazine. You planning on giving it back to me? Fred's grasp tightened further. You planning on buying my ebook? James shook his head. I think you know the answer to that. Then I think you know that you're not going to be getting the skin mag back. Goodbye and good luck, James. Text Wizard to 4456 if you've changed your mind about the whole ebook thing. Seriously, man, lots of great personal development stuff in there. And with that, the Wizard disappeared. James was a bit weirded out by the whole situation, but extremely grateful in knowing that thanks to the lessons and kindness of this random Wizard, he could do just about anything he dreamed, and his life would never be the same again. The End Section 2 Fruit Flavoured Chemical Fun For the remainder of this essay, I'm going back to reality. Obviously, a lot of what I tried to touch on was the power of small steps by mostly talking about a man trying to ascend real steps. A creative genius move, I know. When we first create a goal or start up a new project, it can feel really overwhelming. Much like our friend in the pit with all the stairs. Some things we set out to do require multiple steps and can seem like quite a hurdle. Does chunking stuff down really make a difference? Hell yes. I've seen it in real life, and I wholeheartedly believe. Was it always the case? Not exactly. In the past, I'd have many short stints of things that always ended before they ever really had a chance to get going. Working out, for example, was one of these things. I remember many times feeling manic and getting the urge to eat better and work out, but it was like a firecracker. I'd have a positive week or two where I'd eat better, sleep better, and suffer through activity. Then bang! It'd all blow up and I'd be back to my old habits. Similarly, it was like this with trying to quit nicotine. I know that I've really rammed this topic down people's throats in other essays, but wait, there's more! Believe it or not, 2019 was not the first time that I ever tried to quit. My battle actually started much earlier than that. A battle that I would straight up lose, but that was okay. What I didn't know at the time was that the failure was setting the table for a future fight. When I first tried to quit, I was probably about a couple years into the addiction. At this point, I knew how crazy it was that I continued to chew this shit, but in a strange way, I thought it was helping me at times, and I couldn't stop. On this particular day, I decided that I was really going to try my best to knock this off. I don't know if anything prompted it, but I'm pretty sure I know of at least two factors that made me pick that day. Factor one, I was out of gum. It was a Sunday morning. I woke up from a drunken stupor from the previous night, and immediately my nicotine sense started to tingle. No gum. Damn. Something that I find sort of sad now that I look back is how much I would panic if I ran out. If I ran out while I was in a position where I couldn't quickly acquire more, it got worse. The panic would turn into anxiety, and the whole rest of the day would be totally unfocused until I finally did get some more. Once, while I was at a convention for the weekend, I ran out of gum on the last day. Normally, I was pretty good at making sure I always had a huge supply of nicotine gum with me whenever I went on trips, but I must have gone really crazy with it the previous nights or just had not brought out as much as I thought. Unfortunately, I had no car to use, and we were not near any places that I could purchase more. I did a little research, and found out that if I walked a few miles, there was a store that had some. Jackpot. To make a long story short, I proceeded to make the trek, a journey that was long and winding, went through the rough terrain of a small forest, and eventually even into a sketchy-looking neighborhood. With me on this journey was my girlfriend at the time, who I'm sure was wondering what she had gotten herself into. It was the last day of the convention, and instead of going to panels or checking out the artist alley, she was going on an insane hunt for fruit-flavored chemicals with her even more insane boyfriend. If you somehow read this or hear this, sorry about that. At least we got to see some cool nature. As for factor number two, I was really hungover. Upon waking up from the stupor and noticing that there was no gum to be had, I realized I'm not feeling all that great. This is a pretty distant memory, and I have no idea what I did the night before. I just know I was paying for it that morning. I was feeling so crappy that I was okay with not having any gum at the moment. My main focus was just getting out of bed to start the day. As the day went on, I started to feel a little better, but at this point had already decided no gum today, and if all goes well, maybe no gum ever again. I stayed true to the promise of no gum that day. Even when I was real close to a convenience store at one point and could have easily caved, I didn't. The next day, I decided that no gum ever again wish was going to have to wait. I ended up buying another pack of gum early in the morning, quickly killing the quitting experiment. I remember thinking to myself, oh well. I guess this is just who I am. This shit can't be all that bad for you, right? I know that's madness, and I was just making excuses while trying to make myself feel better. But quitting was hard. At the time, I don't know why it was so difficult, though as of right now, I totally get it. It was mostly my lack of reasons and complete lack of concrete plan to speak of. I had no knowledge of the power that came from taking small steps and breaking things down. It took some time but eventually all that did change i'd end up coming up with some pretty damn good reasons and learn the power of taking small steps it was a simple concept almost too simple to believe could chunking things down and taking tiny steps really work i should have known the answer because i had already done it there had been numerous examples of it working in the past for various projects and goals in those moments i just didn't realize i was implementing any sort of strategy. Things just happened to work, and I thought, oh, cool. With all that in mind, quitting was still hard as hell. The first day felt a lot like that other first day from all those years ago. The major difference was that I was not actually out of gum. However, I was probably still hungover from the night before. So, how did I actually use the power of small steps? I'm sure you're wondering, since it's the main focus and all we've gotten so far was a fable that kind of relates in a story of failure from the past. Well, just like the wizard in my story, what I'm about to say will sound like surface-level nonsense, but I'm telling you, this is what a lot of it just came down to. The power of small steps is just taking small steps. A common phrase often associated with people trying to quit a nasty substance or booze is one day at a time. That's how I did it. The first day, I felt anxious and depressed. I wanted gum so badly, and the thought of doing this for the rest of my life was insane to me. How could I last that long? That was a tall order, but one day certainly wasn't. I knew that I could last a day. Even when I was in much worse shape all those years back, I could even last a day. The next day, I still struggled, but again, I just thought to myself, one more day. As time went on, I slowly started to add some things onto the quitting as a way to replace the old habit with a new good habit. I started with very light workouts. Like, I'm talking just the very basic of mat exercises. Shit that we'd do to warm up an elementary school gym. Small steps. From there, it slowly started to evolve, and before I knew it, I was running all over town and lifting weights. I had gotten into the best shape of my life, and at a certain point, I stopped thinking about nicotine completely. Not only do small steps help in making large goals seem more manageable, they also do another cool thing. They compound. As you start checking things off your list, one small win turns into another, then another, then one more, and before you know it, you don't even recognize the person you've become. After I quit and made some lifestyle changes, I would go on to quit drinking create more creative writing, video, and audio content in one year than I probably had during most of my life, and am currently in the process of writing a book. Like, literally, right now. If you are reading this in book format, awesome! It's done! Thanks for buying my book! If you're listening to this via audio or reading on the blog, consider this the first official announcement. I say these things not to brag. I by no means have everything figured out in my life, and I've still got a lot of platforms to climb. I just say all of this to try and inspire you. I'm a normal guy who overcame struggles with the help of small steps. It wasn't an easy course, but damn it, I pulled it off. And even though I probably don't know you, I do know that you can do it too. Anybody can. Humans are fucking amazing. All it takes is the decision and one simple step. Section three the wrap-up. We are back to form with this essay, and with that brings the inspirational person of the month. The inspiring person this month is Carrie Duncan. She is a three-time cancer survivor who has shared her story and helped others through the process by providing some details about what it is like. Duncan explained to the news, the last 10 years people have reached out to me knowing what I've gone through. What is it like to be in this hospital? What is it like to get this treatment and or that treatment? And went on to say, And there's a lot of comfort in talking to someone who's gone through this experience. After having gone through this, Carrie and her husband are now dedicated to giving back and supporting cancer research. She sounds like an amazing person, and I'd say this certainly makes up for the lack of a wrap-up in the last essay. As for the homework, Two months ago, I had asked for you to reflect and see if you could come up with any useful insight. I hope that you were able to do so successfully. This month, think about something you've had on your list for a long time. It's time to do that thing. Perhaps you've approached it from the wrong angle and kept thinking about the end result instead of the steps to get to the end. If that's the case, try chunking it down and see if that helps. Maybe I'm wrong and you've already tried this method. If that's the case, try it again anyway. You have nothing to lose by trying once more. Nothing feels better than a completed goal and the momentum that comes with it. Well, maybe a few things, but you get what I'm saying. Always remember how much power you have inside and know that if there's nobody in the cheering section for you, you can be the one to lift yourself up. That, and I'll be your cheerleader too. Go you, you're awesome. Now get to stepping, the clock is moving fast. MediaPod smash off. You know, yeah, really shouldn't. <laughs> like before, James readied himself. <laughs> Getting to the top seemed like much less. fuck. With all the excitement and momentum, James was sure that this was going to be it. After all, the letdowns... Fuck. Thoughts continued to race as the man continued... God damn it. Not man. And some access to our growing online community. Let's do that again. With a thick cloud of smoke, Fred appeared in front of James. Of course! <laughs> I, I think you've accomplished something truly incredible. <laughs> Let's just do that again. Fred's grasp tightened further. You're planning on buying my ebook? <laughs> <laughs> Fred's. Fred's. Shocking. Son <laughs> of a bitch. The figure stiffened up and dramatically. St- <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I think you know the answer to that. Then I think you know. <laughs> really? That's it? James rolled his eyes. Today's show is sponsored by Seasons of Life Memorials. Have you recently lost a loved one and want to hold on to their memory forever? Would you like all of the world to be able to view what their life had been about? Seasons of Life Memorials is what you are looking for. We create individual and unique documentary shorts that will allow anyone visiting the gravesite to view the documentary and your memories of the loved one. Contact us today to set up an appointment at seasonsoflifememorials.com.